This is the Overtime Podcast Network. This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Here's your host. Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, broadcasting from the Vivid Seat studio. Welcome to part two of our 10-part series looking at the 10 biggest questions facing the New York Jets in 2019 that will determine whether they are going to be a playoff team or not. If you missed part one, it is on the feed from yesterday. We spent 20 minutes talking about Sam Darnold and whether he can make the quote-unquote leap in his sophomore season. We will have another episode tomorrow on another one of these questions. And then following that, seven more days to round out 10 straight days leading into the start of the 2019 season. Today's episode is going to focus on running back Le'Veon Bell and if he can regain his form that he had when he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers after taking a year off. Before we dive into talking about Le'Veon Bell for about 20 minutes or so, which is how all of the podcasts in this series are going to run, want to remind you guys to use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases, first-time customers only, and subscribe rate, review this podcast on iTunes. It's also available on Spotify and Google Play. So Le'Veon Bell, even though he was not paid as much as C.J. Mosley, Bell was the biggest acquisition the New York Jets made this offseason. He is a premier offensive player coming to a franchise that has been extremely short on premier offensive players, particularly at the skill positions over the past few decades. There was a flash in the pan season from Brandon Marshall. Curtis Martin, of course, was a Hall of Famer, but that was a long time ago at this point as we're heading into 2019. Bell had the unique circumstance of sitting out the entire 2018 year uh, due to a contract dispute. He is currently the second highest paid running back in the NFL. The Jets paid what they paid to get him, but not to the extent that I think most people anticipated that they needed to invest in him. And considering their financial situation going into this offseason, it was a move that, in my perspective, that they needed to make to support their young quarterback in Sam Darnold because of what Le'Veon Bell brings both to the running game and to the passing game and what he can bring to an offensive credibility standpoint to this organization, uh, which is something that they just frankly haven't had. Even when they've been decent in recent years, it's been defense first, defense first. This is going to be a team that's much more likely built around their offense and trying to win shootouts. And a team that was, it's underrated how bad they were at running back last year. I think most people think back to the Jets running back situation last year and forget that by the time you hit the back half of the year, the Jets were starting McGuire and backing him up with Cannon. And from a productivity standpoint, that was arguably the worst collection of running backs in the NFL. Even though Isaiah Crowell, outside of his massive game against Denver, was a highly inefficient running back. Without Bilal Powell, who could not stay healthy, Sam Darnold had no help coming from the running back position. And while running back is arguably the most replaceable position in the NFL, 
When you're that bad, it has an impact on your young quarterback. And Bell is not a normal running back. He is someone who isn't just going to impact that aspect of the game because he is such a dynamic pass catcher out of the backfield and is rock solid in pass protection, which is an absolute must for anybody in today's NFL who's going to be playing in a spread offense. So Bell, despite not playing this preseason, has by all reports looked good in training camp. We won't know how he actually looks until we hit the early part of the regular season, but he is expected to be a full go in week one. The Jets added a backup behind him in Ty Montgomery, who's likely to play regularly in tandem with him due to both of their ability to line up at wide receiver. But from what we saw from Adam Gase, the only time in his head coaching career when he had a true workhorse back uh, it was during the Dolphins' playoff season in 2016 with Jay Ajayi. And when that was the circumstance and Ajayi was clearly establishing himself as a workhorse, Gase was giving him well over 20 touches every single week. And when we get to a spot where Bell shows that he can handle that type of workload and he's back to the player he was, there is no reason to expect that he is not going to be someone who week after week after week is going to be somewhere between 20 and 30 touches even if Ty Montgomery is a regular contributor to this offense. Now, it's easy to forget with Bell because he's been gone for a year, which is an eternity in today's league, just how good and how productive he can be. So prior to 2018, his last season for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he played in 15 games, rushed for 1,291 yards with nine rushing touchdowns with with a 4.0 yards per carry. More importantly, he also added on top of that 85 receptions and 655 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. The year before that, in 2016, he played 12 games, 1,268 yards with a 4.9 yard per carry, 75 catches, 616 yards with two receiving touchdowns. The year before, he only played six games, but the year before that, when he played a full 16, he was over 1,300 rushing yards with a 4.7 yards per carry. 83 receptions, 854 receiving yards with three receiving touchdowns. So basically when Bell plays three-fourths of the season or more, he has been good for well over 1,200 rushing yards, over 75 catches, and at least 600 to 800 receiving yards with a combined total touchdown number that is generally in the double digits. The Jets have not seen or had that type of production from the running back position in a really long time. You know, Thomas Jones had some massive massive years running the ball, but was not that active in the passing game. Curtis Martin, in his absolute prime in 2004, was absolutely capable of this type of production, uh, but not with the consistency that Bell had. And Bell is on a Hall of Fame track if he goes back to being remotely near the player he was in Pittsburgh And the question that the Jets and the entire NFL has is how close of a player can he get to being to what he was in 2017? He's not going to have Ben Roethlisberger. He's not going to have Antonio Brown. He's not going to have Juju. Uh, He's not going to have that Pittsburgh offense that's known for being so high scoring. And he's not going to have the same offensive line. Now, to be fair to the Jets... They do have talent around him. When Chris Herndon comes back for his suspension, the top five pass catchers around him are Robbie Anderson, one of the better vertical threats in the NFL, Jamison Crowder, potentially one of the better slot receivers in the NFL, Quincy Inua, who is a good inside-out threat along with Herndon, and then he has Ty Montgomery backing backing him up. And he has an ascendant, hopefully, second-year quarterback in Sam Darnold. Now, with Bell's running style, which is 
very distinct and particularly patient. Can he help mitigate some of the drop-off on talent in the offensive line? If the Jets run the right type of system uh, that spreads defenses out and has a credible threat in the passing game, will Bell be able to be patient enough and use his vision to find lanes, to make people miss, and to create lanes and create plays? Is he going to run for 1,290 yards? I don't know if he's going to be given the volume of opportunities. He had 320 carries in his last season. That is a very high number. From 2017 to 2019, that is even an uncommonly high number uh, for any back to be getting. If you look at the top five rushers in the NFL last year, Ezekiel Elliott, 304 carries for 1,400 yards. Saquon Barkley, 260 carries for 1,300 yards. Todd Gurley, 256 carries for 1,250 yards. Joe Mixon, 237 carries for 1,168 yards. And then fifth, Chris Carson, 250 carries for 1,150 yards. It is unlikely Bell is going to exceed 300 carries. Can he get around that 250 number? Yeah, I don't think that's out of the question. And if he is given that, can he be up around 1,100 yards while contributing what he is known to contribute in the pass game? And if he could be a reliable check down target for Sam Darnold on top of being someone who can motion out of the backfield and split out and help them attack down the field on linebackers and safeties, the Jets are getting what they paid for because they're going to make life that much easier on Darnold. If Darnold has a back who could run for 1,100 yards and catch even 55 to 60 passes for 400 or 500 yards and give this Jets offense 7 to 10 touchdowns, that's going to be so much better from what he had in year one, never mind the pass protection and the veteran presence, that the Jets' entire offense will feel the trickle down of that effect because defense is keying on Bell is going to open up things for Robbie Anderson outside the numbers. It's going to open up things for Jamison Crowder and a Ty Montgomery potentially working out of the slot. It's going to make life easier for everybody else in that offense because Bell, even at 85 or 90% of the player he was in Pittsburgh, is a premier offensive player in the NFL. And the Jets have just not had that in a while. So if defenses need to have him be that one player that they key on, it's going to make everyone else in the Jets offense who has shown flashes of talent but has never consistently been an 1,000-yard receiver or a Pro Bowl player, it's going to make all of them 10 to 15% better because their matchups are going to be better. So Bell looks to be back to his playing way to Pittsburgh. The question is, how much rust is there? You know, he's got to hint a little bit in, you know, the training camp scrimmages, but it's not an actual game. And I do think it's fair to expect that there's going to be a bit of a ramp period with Le'Veon Bell. Remember, the Jets have their bye week unusually early this year in week four. I'm curious to see that if over those first three weeks, if Bell is someone who is more at the 15 to 19 touch per game range, and then after the bye week is spiked up pretty sharply to more consistently being at 24 to 27 touches in most games. I think what's going to dictate that is how consistently are they going to him in the passing game. And that number will probably be even higher than it will be in later parts of the season in the first four weeks because Chris Herndon's not going to be an option in the pass game. So it's going to be very interesting to see when the Jets come out week one against Buffalo. Do they go to Bell on 
five of their first eight plays? Or are they spreading the football around more? Are they having Ty Montgomery come in every third series as the running back? Are they using Bilal Powell for a series each half? And picking their spots about when and how they use Bell. For what they invested in him and for how fresh he should theoretically be, let's hope that ramp period's not too long because the Jets... While they do have some premier talent on that roster now with Bell, Jamal Adams, and C.J. Mosley, and potentially guys like Sam Darnold, Coleccio Semele, and Robbie Anderson, they need their top talent to be top talent right away because this is not a roster that has a lot of middle class and lower class talent on it. There's not a lot of depth there. So for the Jets to win games this year, they need their great players to be great. And they really need their great players to be great right out of the gate because the hardest part of their schedule is in the first six games. If the Jets are going to beat Cleveland, if they're going to beat New England, if they're going to beat Philadelphia, they're going to need some vintage Le'Veon Bell games in there. Games where he has 22 carries for 145 yards and four catches for 58 yards and a touchdown. They're going to need those type of transcendent performances to overcome some of the problems that they have elsewhere on the roster. It's barren at cornerback. It's kind of barren at edge rusher. There's questions on the offensive line, and there's questions at safety next to Jamal Adams. But if Le'Veon Bell can be great, which he's what he was in Pittsburgh, and even if he's 90% of what he was in Pittsburgh, that's pretty close to great, and him being that good will make Sam Darnold that much better. The Jets are going to have a puncher's chance, better than a puncher's chance, in all of these games that they're going to be presumed to be underdogs in. And the Jets are going to be presumed to be underdogs against New England both times, against Philadelphia, against Cleveland, and arguably against Dallas as well. So for them to overcome that, they need their great players to be great. And at their absolute best, if you look at every player on the Jets roster right now, and you put them to their absolute best of what you've seen from them in the NFL, Le'Veon Bell is the best overall player on the team. Le'Veon Bell was arguably the best offensive player, non-quarterback in the NFL the last time he was out there. Can he get back to that level? Because if he can, the Jets are going to have maybe the best skill position player they've had on in their franchise, maybe ever. Offensively, that's how barren it's been. It's, it's been Curtis Martin, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Bell is on a track to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You had the one season of Brandon Marshall. You had a couple great seasons here and there from guys like Keyshawn Johnson. But at the skill positions, it's been pretty barren. So I don't know if Jet fans truly appreciate just how good Bell was, particularly in 2016, 2017, and then going back to that 2014 season. You throw out 2015 because he only played six games. Now, if Bell can't handle that quick of a ramp up, and if he's not giving them, I don't know, 13 to 15 games, I think it's fair to expect that he may miss a game or two this year after missing last year. A game or two is one thing. Five to six games is going to be problematic because while Ty Montgomery has looked good, he is no Le'Veon Bell. Montgomery is a nice role player, a great death piece, but Le'Veon Bell is a consistent all-pro Ty Montgomery is not that. And Bilal Powell, for as much as we love him, is not that. The Jets need Bell for 13, 14-plus games, and they need him to be as close to that version of the player he was in Pittsburgh if they're going to be a serious contender in the AFC this year because too many of these other teams have premier talent that they're competing with. You know New England has the infrastructure and they have Tom Brady and they have returning Super Bowl MVP Julian Edelman and now they have Josh Gordon. 
You know in the north that they have Ben Roethlisberger. They're going to have Juju. They have the infrastructure of that offense. Cleveland has Odell. They have Baker. They have Jarvis Landry. There's names and talent spread all over that roster. Um, The Ravens went out and got Mark Ingram. They have Lamar Jackson going into year two, and they have what is likely to be one of the best defenses in the NFL, something the Jets can't necessarily compete with. You know, the Chiefs, Endless amounts of weapons on offense, starting with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they have Tyreek Hill, it now looks like from the beginning of the year. They'll have Sammy Watkins. Uh, they have Andy Reid calling plays. Uh, to compete with these kind of teams, which is who the Jets are competing with for playoff spots, and we didn't even get into other teams who are going to be contenders, like the Chargers, who are still going to have Phillip Rivers, who are going to have Hunter Henry back. Uh, even if they don't have Melvin Gordon, they still have Talon at running back, and they still have Keenan Allen at receiver. Uh, and then you look at the South, Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Andrew Luck, pending his health, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, it's a tough conference with a lot of offensive talent. And if the Jets want to go toe-to-toe with those teams, outside of Sam Darnold making that quote-unquote leap, they're going to need Le'Veon Bell to be the Le'Veon Bell that they paid for, uh, which is one of the best running backs in the NFL. Is he immediately going to return to being the best running back in the NFL? Most people think that's probably a guy like Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, or David Johnson this year. Can Bell be in that, you know, not maybe the best running back in the NFL, but can he put himself back in that tier with those five guys, with Todd Gurley, and be one of clearly the top three to six, seven backs in the NFL? If he can, this Jets offense is going to be dynamic because if he's that kind of player, there's no reason that with the attention that he brings that Robbie Anderson can't be a legitimate 1,000-yard receiver. And if the Jets have an 1,100-yard back in Le'Veon Bell, who's contributing in the passing game, and a 1,000-yard receiver in Robbie Anderson, and a quarterback who takes a major leap in Sam Darnold, they're going to be able to win a lot of games with their offense outscoring teams. And if they can do that, it will help compensate for some of their problems on defense, and they'll be able to take advantage of some of the softer parts of their schedule when they get a chance to play teams like Washington and the Giants and Miami twice and Oakland and Jacksonville and hopefully be able to win some games that helps compensate for a potentially difficult start with how their schedule is laid out. So I don't think it's realistic to expect Le'Veon Bell to have an absolute career season considering what he was surrounded by in Pittsburgh and considering he had a year off. But can he hit that threshold of 1,100 rushing yards and 500 to 600 passing yards and give the Jets somewhere around double-digit total touchdowns? If he can do that, it's going to be a whole different dynamic of production than anything they've seen in the past three years. And it's something that will trickle down enough to allow their offense to produce at a level that should make them competitive in the AFC in 2019.